0: This is RMB's Data Analytics Podcast with Matthew Burneth, where we look at the insightful role that data analytics plays for decision makers. Hi everyone and welcome to the Data Analytics Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Burneth. I'm the head of data analytics at Rand Merchant Bank. And joining me on the podcast today, I've got Yanni van Scholkwijk. Janni is the Group General Manager of Data Science and Information Management at MediClinic. Hi, Yanni, and thanks very much for joining us on the podcast.
1: Hello, Marie, and thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: So, Yanni, I think the first question we have to ask is, you know, MediClinic being in the hospital and and the healthcare sector, I imagine, and you being involved in data analytics, I imagine that the past uh, six, seven months have been exceptionally busy for you during the pandemic. Everybody's wanting to know exactly what's going on and what the analytics are looking like.
1: Yes, Matthew. It has been quite a hectic time over the last number of months because not just handling COVID, but also to make sure that we, we deliver on our other objectives um, during COVID time. And uh, I think there's so many ways in which COVID have challenged us. Um, that yeah, it's it's been quite a busy time.
0: Yanni, uh, you you know you work in in a in a in a business and a sector that's very human oriented. And one rarely thinks of the data and the data practicalities around that. You are obviously involved in the data and the information management side of the business. Has the, has the past seven months accelerated your data analytics progress and your digitization journey, or are you still on that path from you know, what you were doing beforehand? Were you already on the path, or do you find that being in such a, a human and healthcare-focused environment, it's sometimes difficult to focus purely on the data with such a, big, a large human aspect uh, to your business?
1: So, so, Matthew, it definitely has changed uh, the way that we operate and the way that we look at, at uh, data in clinic a lot. Um, just to use one example, traditionally we've looked at a lot of historic data and used that patterns on historic data to tell what's going to happen in the future, but due to the huge de- disruption of COVID-19, you had to become much more real-time almost overnight with your data. So um, because we, we are group function and we look at data from all the different divisions, overnight we have to look at our data flows and to make sure that we get data updated more regularly to, to, to respond to the business demand. And the business demand really wanting to understand uh, based on what happened yesterday, what's going to happen to, uh, to tomorrow. And I, I would say that was for us the biggest challenge because suddenly I mean, we had to get into a different gear if it comes to the pace at which we could generate insights from, from our data.
0: It's interesting that you mentioned that, Yanni, and, and, and you're not the first person on the podcast to say all of a sudden there's this um, much greater need for this real-time data and obviously, you know, the world changed overnight to one where, you know, having a look at the data from last week or last month was acceptable. To all of a sudden saying, well, actually, you know, last week perhaps the hospital's empty, but yesterday it was full, and we need to understand that change. How, how how did you manage to do that? I mean, in a company like MediClinic, you've got fifty three hospitals, you've got about five day clinics throughout not only South Africa but Namibia as well, eight thousand bed hospital beds. How do you manage to collect all that data?
1: So, so um, Mafia, I think, uh, first of all, it's obviously a team of talented people that, that's quite uh, good in terms of the skill of, of, of getting that data from different sources. I must maybe just also mention, it's not just for our South Africa environment, which you've described now that we had to go through that process. It's also for our other two divisions in the Middle East as well as East Island. So we've got a talented team of people that obviously is, is sourcing this data, and then a talented team of people that can derive the value from that specific data. Um, and, and then obviously a number of good tools that we've, we've got embedded in MediClinic. Um, and all of that, if you combine that together in the right way, it enables you to, to get the value out of data as quickly as possible.
0: I, I think what you've said there is, is so key. It, it really is a combination of both the, the skill sets and the team that you have, but also you have to have the right tools in place you know you can have the best skills in the world but you certainly need the tools but um, on the other hand obviously you can have the best tools but you've got to have people that know how to use them and, and know how to use them effectively yeah, yeah you, you've mentioned you know that you've got um, this team of, of data analysts and data scientists who are obviously exceptionally um, you know well versed in the field and obviously data experts but I imagine that you're also relying on data from people that aren't necessarily data experts. You you, you know, you obviously work with health practitioners and people who, who may be experts in their own field, maybe in the medical field, but don't necessarily understand the data side. How, how do you manage to deal with that?
1: So, Matthew, that for me is a very interesting topic, topic and one of the passions that I've gotten. That is to build the bridge between what we've traditionally done in the analytics space. So if you think of analytics, it's, it's really, I believe in many organizations, it's a back office function. So um, a lot of amazing stuff is happening there. And then on the other side, you've got business, and, and then it's really two different schools of people that you, you bring together. So so um, stereotypically, your, your analysts, for example, are, are more reserved. Um, they don't like to... Uh, um, expose himself that much uh, to to the rest of the organization, whereas business people are are maybe a little bit more outgoing, but yet the the analytical people are sitting with so many facts. So if if you want to build that bridge, the first step, I believe, is is to take analytics from a traditional back office space and give analytics a seat at the table. What we mean by that is just to keep it very interactive with business. So instead of taking a requirement from business and then see how analytics can address that requirement um, to make sure that the analysts are participating in the business process to make sure that they properly understand the the, the business problem to to make sure that the analytics is relevant. So now you would ask, but what tools do analysts have to the exposure to to accomplish just that? Um, I believe one of the tools is obviously Uh, data visualization. So data visualization allows us to to take complex concepts from data and translate that into a very meaningful story to the organization. So the whole process through storytelling, and if you embed it in the right way um, in the organization, so if you translate that uh, data into meaningful insights to the organization, and that's being seen in context, that becomes knowledge. And if you combine knowledge with experience, that becomes expertise and expertise if you think of that is is really the type of material that you require as as organizations to differentiate yourself from the competition so so it's, it's a really um this, this two worlds of people that you need to bring together very effectively and very interactively um, to to really deliver analytics and that that will include um, doctors for example if you're sharing information with doctors it's not just important to to take that information and package it in a way that doctors can understand it, but also vice versa for the analytics to understand the environment that doctors are operating in. So you mustn't keep them in a, in a, in a back office space because otherwise that's never going to realize.
0: I, I, I think what you said there is so important because, you know, as we move towards a world where data analytics becomes more and more important, you're going to have to interact with business. And in order for data analysts and data scientists to interact with business, they really need to understand what I've seen is termed almost domain expertise, right? Whether you're a data scientist in a financial institution like Grand Merchant Bank or the data scientist in in MediClinic, the data scientists really have to, to learn about that organization in order to converse with the business people and explain their ideas to them.
1: I fully agree with that, um, Matthew, Um, but but I would also say vice versa. I I think if you think of all these wonderful buzzwords, artificial intelligence, RPA, machine learning, I think in in many instances, it's actually incorrect understood. So people don't really know, and I'm I'm really talking about um, maybe executive people and and managers in the business, and then they hear about the wonderful things that, that all of these, techniques can do, but they don't really understand what, what is practical, possible to do with that. So, so vice versa, it's also important for analysts to, to start teaching business what, what is possible with all of these techniques. So if you think of machine learning, for example, there's different types of algorithms that can solve different business problems. And, and, and business also need to start developing over time, understanding of that. And that's really, if, if we talk about, an, analytics driven organization. That's what we mean by that. Analytics driven organizations doesn't mean just a pocket of strong team of analysts. It really means embedding that analytical capability and also then specifically understanding of analytics um, in the wider organization.
0: I think that's right, and I mean, I know that within our organization, we actually ran a data science for executives course to educate the executives on, on what is data science. Why is it now suddenly such a buzzword if it's actually been around for a long time? I mean, data science isn't new, right? It's been a, around since at least the, the 1980s. And before that, it was obviously statistics and data science is now the fancy name for it. And I think it is incredibly important for executives to understand um, the power of data analytics so that they can start driving it in the business side of their, their organizations.
1: Absolutely, and, and you need that support. I, I want to go as far to say that I, I think it's sometimes a good thing even to train business with, let's say, send a few business people on a Python course to get that understanding. It's not necessarily that they're now going to do, start doing Python coding, um, but I do think to get that understanding and, and then to get an understanding, okay, I've got this business problem, um, it can be solved with, with, with analytical techniques. That's, that's really important. Not not saying that I, I think that something like for example Python coding can only happen in an analytical space, and um, that's a bit short sighted. But but that understanding is is extremely important. Without that, I, I think it's it's never going to have the effect that it potentially can have.
0: It's exactly as you say, and and for certainly. In business, they can go on these, these courses in a Python course. And it's not about learning Python because now you need to convert your day job and become a data scientist. Yeah. It's about just learning about what is possible, what is possible in the analytics spectrum. And, and obviously, vice versa, you know, it becomes up to the analysts to almost do a bit of a roadshow of the analytics they can do to business to say, this is what we can do. This is, as you say, these are the type of analytics that we can run. This is the type of data we have as an organization, which sometimes business doesn't even realize the amount of data that an organization has and what can actually be done with it.
1: Absolutely, um, Matthew. And you can split that up in our environment in two spaces. So one is obviously management information. And what you can do with analytics in, in, in answering management problems if you like but then there's also this arena we call patient-facing analytics so if you think of all the latest and greatest techniques of machine learning and, and really what it's about is is, is taking uh, data and applying algorithms to that data but then specifically you can make that algorithms available to your systems through APIs so in effect you can actually embed analytics in your business process and, and, and that's why we call it patient-facing analytics because now suddenly um, analytics ex- expands to, to our facilities as well, almost like informing the care process at the facilities and that's where it's gonna make the biggest difference. But then if you think of all the, the, the care processes which can be quite complex and all the problems that hospitals are facing, if they never understand what is possible with analytics, it's going to be very difficult, just from an analytical point of view, to identify those business problems where analytics can make a difference. And if, if, if business gets an understanding of what's possible with analytics, they can then also come up with, with some suggestions on business cases one can solve with analytics.
0: I really like that term, patient-facing analytics. What does that look like, Yanni? I mean, is the hospital of the future going to be one where you walk in and you don't even speak to a doctor, but you're first assessed by a, um, a computer and an algorithm that tells you whether you should be admitted or not and what could potentially be wrong with you?
1: Matthew, I, I don't believe that will ever be the case. Um, the, the simple reason is that personal touch with patients is obviously very important. So one mustn't ignore the psychological um, almost like human intervention if it, or uh, interaction if it comes to treating patients. But I do think data and, and, and specific analytics is going to make a huge difference in almost like assisting the care process. So if you think of it, for example, if you look at um, scans and, and doctors using scans, um, maybe the doctor is still going to do the interpretation of the scan and the communication to, to the patients, but the machine scan assist the doctor and, and maybe help identifying um, some, some things that the doctor may miss. miss And, and that's what I mean by it, it, it can augment the process or the care process, um, almost like uh, to, to support it.
0: Yeah, I, I like that, that word augment as well, right? Because it very much is about using the technology to help the business do their job. And not Not replace them, but to actually help them do a better job.
1: Precisely. And and that's that's the real goal for us is, is to do as much as that as possible. Because again, I believe that's where we're going to make the biggest difference. If we can really use this this wonderful asset that we've got data. And and if we think of that asset, it's not just the asset as we used to know it in traditional data sources, so more structured uh, um the the, the 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 financial systems and the billing systems and the HR systems, but also a lot of other data sources, unstructured data sources. For example, if you think of all the equipment that's generating data in our facilities, IOT devices, um, external data, and if you can combine all of that data um, and to eventually make an impact, ultimately make an impact on, on the treatment and the outcomes of patients, that's, that's our dream for the, for the future.
0: And that's a fantastic dream to have, to say we're going to provide you the best care possible using a combination of our, our healthcare expertise and the best that data analytics can offer as well.
1: Yes, I fully agree.
0: Yanni, let's talk about the other side of your job for a moment, because you're the general manager of data science, which is obviously incredibly exciting, but you're also the, the manager of information management at, um, at MediClinic. What does that entail? And, and let's talk a bit for a moment about how, you know, if you're not applying proper information management, your data science is almost a bit useless, right? Because you need clean, accurate, and comprehensive data in order to inform your, your data science applications.
1: Yeah, so, so Matthew, as you know, we, we, we've got the saying garbage in, garbage out. Um, so, so, unfortunately, if, if you've got bad quality data, it also leads to bad quality decision-making. But, but if you think of um, information management, it actually spans many different areas for us. So, so one area is obviously the, the data warehousing, the data engineering, where you source the data and you start collating the data, integrating the data. Um, but then information management in our world also entails what we call health information management. So we as, as part of our team, we've got a team of clinicians that's focusing on developing algorithms and clinical classification systems that allows us to derive more value from that data. Then the third aspect, if it comes to uh, information management, is, is master data management. So, um, as you know, we, we're dealing in medical with many different entities, um, and across our different uh, divisions, that entity is not always standardized. That's where master data management comes into play. To make sure that we only have one golden record of all the different data entities within our organization and that if you combine all of that together and you make it work collectively together that's what we refer to as information management
0: so key as as you say garbage in garbage out but it goes beyond that it goes about building data assets within an organization that you can actually use, not just once, but multiple times for potentially different use cases.
1: That's right. So we've got a st- uh, saying, um, say, uh, say, uh, um, we've got a saying that you store information once, but you use it many different um, places. But I think that's that's not literally meant because as you know, we nowadays we also have techniques where we can virtualize data. So it's, it's really about creating that one single place where you can access um, every data record in your company and, and, and trying to prevent ending up with many different silos of data um, that, that overlaps each other. Um, that's, that's what we're trying to prevent. It's, it's really to create one version of, of every data ent- entity in the organization.
0: Absolutely. Yanni, some fantastic insights from an exceptionally exciting and fast-moving field. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast and sharing some of your experience with us.
1: Thank you so much, Matthew. thank you again for the opportunity.
0: Thank you for listening to r Data Analytics with Matthew Bernath podcast. Subscribe now for more episodes.